So it is that uh, that kind of time of year where, you know, we're all in kind of reflective mode. We're all obviously very tired, I think, you know, a lot of us, I certainly am. Um, and we're in that kind of reflection mode, planning mode, trying to figure out where all the trends are going for next year and kind of building strategies and plans and, and the like. And today I'm joined again, interestingly, uh, in this episode for a part two with Car Gillette, who is from Blue Shirt Coaching. We were talking right now leadership uh, in the part one episode, and we kind of concluded that this was a conversation that we needed to continue. And we felt actually doing this just before the holiday season would be ideal because a lot of us kind of need what Carl delivers and what Carl talks about right here, right now. So welcome back to the show, Carl. Yeah, thank you, Neil. It's, I'm excited to be here. Part two is super awesome to have. Yeah, and it's, it's it's a really good thing. And I always enjoy doing a part two because we don't have to kind of introduce each other to each other. We kind of we've had that conversation. We can remember some of the stuff we've talked about. Um, although, obviously, you know, time is going so fast. We almost do forget some of the elements that, you know, we kind of sort of scratched the surface of, but maybe didn't do a deep dive in. And I think for a lot of people, this is kind of the world we're in. It's chaos out there right now. Everybody I'm talking to is kind of yeah, I just need to get to the finish line of this year and then we'll see what next year brings. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's going to be much of the same. So, I mean, are you, are you kind of sort of seeing this kind of randomness and this kind of chaos yourself in your work? Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that they want to make those changes. They want to have things happen differently next year or really soon. Uh, but the the intention behind it isn't as strong as you would think. You know, you, you talk to them and they seem to be excited about wanting to make some changes. And then they when they realize what those changes are, they're a little hesitant. And then you have the whole other party that's like, let's go. <laughs> I don't care what it takes. I want to I want to make these changes. I want to make these shifts and I want to get 2024 and the rest of this year dialed. And that's me. That's where I am. It's, it's not going to be easy. Even in these last 30 days, it's not going to be easy, but it's worth the effort to put in. So, mm, yeah. And it's I mean, do you feel it's kind of going with the gut it's going with intuition right now because it feels like a lot of people aren't really going to the plan or the plan that they set earlier in the year or maybe at the back end of last year is kind of it's gathering dust on the shelf because things have moved so quickly i mean even just the concept of ai for example we weren't even talking about that this time last year and suddenly that's now changed everything for so many people did you feel there is a bit of an intuition thing happening or are there still people out there who are doing the traditional kind of strategic plans i i would say with my clients i'd give it a a split like a halfway maybe 40 60 split 60 are sticking with the plan and 40 are just like well things have changed so i'm gonna adjust. I know I did at the beginning of the year, I was told I can't use the brand that I had at the time. And so at the day after Christmas, I'm getting a new logo. I'm changing my brand and switching to blue shirt coaching. Right. And then republishing my book this year. So for me, <laughs> I had a lot of flex in my plans and then just recently got done with an amazing training and that flexed my business altogether. And so I've had to trust my intuition through the process because 2023 was not what I expected it to be in my business. It just didn't do what I expected. And in a way that's really frustrating. In another way, you get to learn in those experiences. Mm, I guess a lot of us aren't really learning that, aren't we? That, you know, something bigger is at play, whether it's positive, neutral or negative. It's almost like there's stuff 
happening right now that you can't control at a local or individual level. You have to kind of ride the punches or you've got to surf that wave, you know, in that moment. I'm, I'm trying to avoid the cliches here. Um, but, you know, it kind of it feels like that, doesn't it? That, you know, that there's so much at play is that if you try and stay too rigidly within that structure that you might have set or you're trying to, I love this word, normal, you're trying to return to some kind of normal. There is no there is no thing as normal now. Everything has changed. You know, we've had the last sort of two or three years which have seen, you know, every sector has kind of reinvented itself or become something different. And so you kind of you have to be more fluid, don't you? There's no kind of rigidity. It just well, if you are, you're going to get stifled. Yes, yeah. I mean, to with my right now leadership book, I had to redo that thing, republish it, and just going back to a comment about AI. I have three daughters, and they're uh, seven, nine, and twelve. And I this year I want to do something special for them for Christmas, and I decided to write a book. So I wrote a fantasy book for them. And I wrote it in less than a month, edited it, published it on Amazon. It's live right now on Amazon because of AI. Like, you know, I modified it. And I, I even used Dolly 3 to do images in the, in the book. And the cover is from Dolly 3, all that stuff. But that's the power of AI. And if I'm not flexing to that in my life and in, in my business world, I'm going to be left behind. And there's a disadvantage. I know I use it when, when it comes to referrals and all that kind of stuff. So I bring that up because that level of adaptability and flexibility is really what we need as we enter into the last month of this year. If you're behind in your goals or you're ahead or whatever it is, we need to adapt and flex as we finish this year. Don't skip December. I think it's easy for people to skip December and go, well, you know, I've got Christmas and the end of the year, you know, New Year's. So it's like, well, you have 20, 20, probably 20 days of work that you could be doing. And so I'm more, maybe even more so to myself, I'm going, I got 20 days, <laughs> let's rock and roll these last 20 days uh, and then jump on into 2024 and be fluid, be okay with being flexible. There's a, there's a, uh, one of the principles or one of the standards, you could call it or rules, I guess, of NLP is the most flexible person is the most influential person. And so if I can be very flexible, I can influence my world the most. If I'm not very flexible, I'm not going to influence it as much as I could. And for the most part, I think I want to influence my world quite a bit. <laughs> so flexing in the weirdness of what we have in this season, this, this year to two to three years of craziness that we've experienced is what I think the most successful people have done. And I know that's what's helped me the most. Mm, that 20 days that's available in December. I think there's there's a real kind of wake up call for most people here. It's like, yeah, but we've got to go for our Christmas team lunch or yeah, but I'm, I've got a bit of annual leave that I need to be, you know, spending and kind of, you know, I can't do a full full month or whatever. But I think for a lot of us, actually, that's 20 very valuable days, because if a lot of people are going a little bit quieter because they're doing those things, there is a bit of space there to have some quality time mm -hmm. to then really set everything up to hit the ground running, you know, when we're back in the new year. And that, that to me is a really interesting period of time because, you know, most of us probably do want to take that gap between Christmas and new year. So, you know, it may well be that we just need to do that reboot and that refresh personally and individually, but yeah. between now and then we've got 20 working days that are open to us that, you know, we can actually make good use of. I um, mean, did you find that people are almost using kind of December and the build up to Christmas as a bit of an excuse? And it's kind of like, yeah, I should do that, but I'm not really going to. 
Yeah, there's some coasting. You know, I've had people that I'm talking to about do I have four people right now that I'm talking to about starting coaching with me in December slash January. And I've noticed that they're kind of they're not resistant to the coaching, but they're they're talking about they've got this coming up or that coming up. And then my clients also, I can tell they're coasting a little bit. And so I I push into them because when you look back in let's say February or January at December 2023, you're like, oh man. If I would have had, you know, a couple more conversations and it's not about grinding to the point where you're like killing yourself or you're stressing yourself out. It's about taking advantage of the time that you have and then taking advantage of the time that you have when you're resting. Also, like get, go all out right now, like, you know, right now, leadership, go out all out right now when you're working, go all out right now in your weekends and then on your holiday. And that is is what i think people kind of forget they they kind of mix them together and they're a little relaxed over here a little stressed on holiday and it's don't do that just let's go right all in right now in this area all in here all in here and that that's far more effective and it's way less stressful in the long run mm. how do you kind of balance that right now thing with not burning out and not really going for it because a lot of us and I, I would put myself in this category are really tired now I do need a break I genuinely do I love my work I absolutely love my professional life I really love it it's just it's kind of everything that I've been hoping for over the years so it's not that I'm not enjoying it but I'm very very tired I'm tired mentally physically everything but I still want to stay in the moment so how do I avoid the burnout and actually, you know, crawl to the finish line on probably 22nd of December when I'm sort of closing it just for a, a few days, um, but actually still being right now. How do, how do I kind of strike that balance? What was good practice for that? Well, part of it is determining where you want to be five to 10 years from now. So I know you're asking me about right now, but you have to have an aim. You have to have a target. And in, in marketing, it's we often talk about having a customer avatar. You have, you know, there's these psychographics, these demographics, all that, all that stuff. Well, do you have one for yourself in five to 10 years from now? If you don't, then it's difficult to stay right now, to stay focused on what you need to focus on at times. You can lose your motivation because you don't have this bigger target. And I'm not talking about a goal. I'm talking about a, a different and better version of yourself describing that in all areas of life and creating that avatar for yourself that you can lean into. Every day I, I read mine. I, well, I don't read it all the way through. I, I look at portions of it every day to remind myself, okay, this is what I'm going to be like physically. This is who I'm going to be when it comes to my career. This is what it's going to look like spiritually for me, et cetera. And every day I'm looking at one component or all of them to remind me right now of who I'm going to be in five to 10 years. And that creates a lot more motivation for me. Now, it may not fit for everybody, but that is something that has worked really well for me and then, of course, you have goals and all that kind of stuff. But when you you have this beautiful future that you're planning out for yourself, that keeps you uh, motivated for the right now, for sure. So if somebody is a business owner, an entrepreneur, we've got a lot of entrepreneurs and marketers and business owners listening to this. Um, a lot of the time when we talk about kind of planning, and as I said right at the, the start of this, this is planning season for well, very much everybody I talk to. So they're kind of either they're doing it light touch or they're really going for it and doing like proper reflection and proper strategic stuff. 
a lot of them will be thinking from a business perspective. They'll be thinking, where's the where's the revenue coming from? How can we you know, be more efficient? They'll be kind of really thinking of it from a business perspective. But what you're describing, Carl, I think is more that as part of that, we've actually got to think of ourselves individually, almost as a an entity within the business. Because obviously without us, and particularly if we're a micro business or a consultant or whatever, then it, it becomes we are the business. So we are the core of everything that happens. So with the planning then, it feels then that this is, okay, you can plan your business, but you also need to be planning who am I going to be next year? What kind of development do I need? What kind of learning things do I want to go on? So what's my journey going to be yep. to be able to then support the business? Is, is that kind of what you're saying? Yep. Yeah. My tagline is be more, do more, have more and give more. And so you, it starts with be more and that's it's directly associated with the be in blue, which is be a self-aware leader. So if you're going to be more, if you're going to do the rest of them, do more, have more and give more, you've got to start with that first piece, which is be more. And it's, and what I've learned is there's, there's really four components or four pieces to change. And when it comes to the plans that we have for next year and the plans that we have for ourselves as we fill in that avatar five to 10 years from now, there's a lot of change that needs to happen. And a plan is a change, really. It's it's changing what's going on right now to create a better, to achieve the goal, to create a better future, whatever it is. What happens is people in business, we focus on the third and fourth component of change. So the four of them are release, create, act, and focus. Those are the four components. And in business, we do a lot of the, the focusing and acting, right? And some of the creating too. And what what it, what I'm saying here is we forget the being part. We forget we forget the release part because the release part is about those emotions, those limiting beliefs, those misaligned values, those negative negative perspectives that we have on ourselves. That when we go to create something, create the plan for next year, create the plan for next week, we're holding on to these beliefs that we're not a good salesperson, or marketing doesn't work, or the relationship we have with the employee sucks, or whatever it is, and so that skews the plan the creation of the plan. So then when you go to create in the change process, your creation is not very good because it's it's dirty, if you will. It's it's skewed, it's muddied. And so then when you go to act on that, the plan isn't as good as it could be. And then when you try to stay focused, you can't. This is why people often lose focus on their goals or on what they're trying to achieve in their business. They haven't let go of the limiting beliefs, the values that don't align, the negative emotions, and so then they don't achieve at the level that they could, which is exactly what happened to me this year. I mean, flat out exactly. For 10 months, I had these, I was holding on to all this stuff that was limiting me, these negative things that were limiting me. And when I let them go in November, I instantly had eight, I think it's up to 10 people now that are were in various stages of working towards working together. Five of them are basically on board and we're going to start in December, January. And then there's another five that I'm in, in flux with figuring out when they're going to start. So compared to the rest of the year, releasing did the work. And so then I could create the future that I wanted, which is create these clients, which is then act on these new clients that I get to work with and then stay focused on that. A lot of people forget to do the release and that's what holds them back. Mm, it's fascinating stuff. And just the, the the reality of something so, so simple that you just think, why didn't I do that before? But of course, 
it's great with hindsight, isn't it? You can see it when it's actually happening. It's like, oh, yes. And then, you know, look back over your shoulders like, yeah, I could have done that a few more times. But it, it's the thing that really fascinates me here is this similarity between the business bit here and then the personal bit, because it feels like you can do the same thing for both. It, it's kind of, a, I know as a consultant, you could say, well, it is one of the same thing. But if you think about a, um, a medium-sized um, enterprise or business, the same thing would apply, wouldn't it? Is this kind of release of this honest kind of critique of actually where we are right now, you know, maybe identifying some of the weaknesses that we have as a business, some of the, um, the, the failings that we've got, some of the inefficiencies. So we can do that as individuals. We could do that as teams. But actually, if we do it on behalf of our business, there should be some really deep insights that we could get that would then allow us to kind of, you know, produce some plans to make a difference next year. This is really powerful stuff, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. And you can ask yourself a few questions. And one of the questions is, why am I here? Or why are we here now? Well, however you want to phrase it. But when you think about where the state of your business and you ask yourself, why are we here? And truly, honestly, reflect on that. You know, is your business where you wanted it to be financially, profitability, uh, employees, et cetera? And if it's not, then how did you how did you do it? That question, I love that question. How did you do it? So you find out it's not where you want to be. And then you ask yourself, how did, how did we do this? How do we get to this point? And then you go, how did we not do it? So when you do have the successes trickled in, how did we not have the failures, right? How did we not have the screw ups in here? Because when you focus on the success, it's beautiful, but we got to look at the problems and really dial into them and ask good questions about them. So how did you do it and how did you not do it are really funny questions and very simple, but they can illuminate a lot of things about your successes and your setbacks in the business over the last 11 months. Mm, and there's an accountability that comes with that as well, isn't there? Because you can't answer those questions unless you're taking accountability for it, because that that feels like that's really important here, because a lot of us, I think, you know, kind of go through life. Um, sort of thinking, oh, it's somebody else's responsibility or, or somebody else caused that. Well, I didn't really have much control or, you know, I'm a bit of a victim in this situation or, well, it's the market that's doing it to me. It's not really me. I, I can't really change anything. Whereas as soon as you take the accountability and really kind of own up to, no, this is me that did it. How did I do it? Why did I do it? What did I do to create that? Everything changes, doesn't it? Yeah, I have a client that runs a, a national nonprofit and she hired a, uh, a director of some sort, I'll just say that, uh, and it wasn't a good hire. And what was really interesting is when she, the moment that we were, we were doing the coaching and the moment that she had the epiphany that I just need to fire this lady or to be nice, I need to set her free. <laughs> I need to set this lady free so she can go do her own thing everything became clear of how she didn't do it the right way. And so then when she replaced her with this new, this new employee, the replacement person is, is a absolute perfect fit. And so she, she, because of reflecting on what she did wrong, releasing her perspectives on releasing the negative connections and emotions and limiting beliefs about what she did there, she was able to create a new hire that was a wonderful fit. And so this is this is the work that we can do when we look at the the setbacks that we experience, and it springs us forward in really really powerful ways. Because this lady is killing it for her, and 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 she's I think now six weeks in, <laughs> so that's amazing. Mm, it is amazing, and I think it's just lovely when you hear those examples because 
it can be that quick. I mean, it can be, you know, you identify this, you stay in the moment. Again, it's it's this whole thing about right now, isn't it? If you're in that moment, if you're really awake and aware of what's going on, and how much energy does that really take just to be in the moment and present? But you'll spot these things. I think a lot of us fall into this trap of, yes, but I'm on my process. I'm on my hamster wheel. I'm going around and around and around in the same thing all the time because I know it builds the business and I know it's safe and I know I'll get paid or I can pay my bills. And yet we don't take that time to back off the gas just for a moment and just kind of take and reflect for a minute because this is what's required here, isn't it? Unless we take those moments to reflect and much as we're doing here, kind of muse over what are the opportunities, you know, where are we going to spot these things? What can we do next? If you don't take that quality time either with yourself, if you're a solo um, sort of entrepreneur or whatever, or if you're part of a team and part of a business, you've got to take this quality time, haven't you? I call it mindful living, but it kind of is about being mindful and awake, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, every week I do, well, every month I do three things to help do the reflection. Every day I'm journaling to, to reflect on the previous day. So I do it early in the morning. And then every week I'm doing what I call a molo, more of less of, asking myself five questions. What should I do more of? What should I do less of? What should I start doing, stop doing, and keep doing? In one very nuanced area, right? And then the next week I, it might be in a new area, but that allows me to, to reflect on that. And then the third one, which just popped up today, I, I often forget that I do it, but since it's a task on my list, it just pops up on its own. So I always end up doing it. And it's it's what I call five word stories. So at the end of the, or at the very beginning of the next month, I reflect back on the stories of the previous month. And what I do is I look at my calendar and, I, and then I spend some time thinking, and then I create a summary of what happened in five words for each of the stories. Right. So basically it's a five word title for some experience that I had, you know, and that that has been really powerful for me because it allows me to reflect and look back in the, in the process of, of solving problems. That release part, you ha you do have to disassociate from your problems. You can't release your problems unless you disassociate from them, because if you are looking through your own eyes, if you're looking at the situation through your own eyes and constantly thinking about the emotions of the problem then you're unable to let go of those emotions because they're a part of your your whole body they're part of your being in that moment but when you can step outside of that and look at the situation from above let's say then now your your emotions are disassociated your brain lets go of the emotions and can think clearly and that's really the principle of how i'm helping my clients with making changes for them but that's what journaling can do that's what the molo stuff does for me and then that's what the stories do for me and then I can get the learnings from it way easier. If I'm in it, I don't get the learnings. And so I have to look at it and then I do get the learnings. And that that's something that was I recently learned that has really helped me. Uh, I didn't realize I was already doing it, but now I've, I have a term for it, what I was doing. So I highly recommend people do that before you end this year. Take the time to, to step back and look at yourself and how you performed um, without looking at it through your own eyes, like see yourself in that performance from January, from January, excuse me, January all the way to now. And, and that will then help you quite a bit. This is it's an investment, isn't it? The way you're describing it here, this is kind of investing in you. And again, it feels like a cliche, but it's so not because it's so important. Yeah. Investing the time and the energy in that reflection, because 
it is an investment because there's an outcome and the outcome is you're going to get some really, really valuable kind of insight in terms of what's going on. And and those kinds of techniques, I mean, it feels like that would also, though, for, for some people, you could perceive it. This is going to take me a long time. I'm already super busy. My calendar is full. You know, I've got back to back this, that and the other. I haven't got time for this stuff. How, how do you kind of counter that when that kind of gets presented back to you? Well, what is it costing you to not do that, right? What is it costing you to not look at the, the learning that you got from the mistake, the learning that you got from the success, the, the learning that you got from the, the meeting that didn't go like you wanted to, the wonderful meeting that was absolute success, right? When was the last time that you reflect on those, reflected on those? And what is it costing you to not learn from it? Because we we are just a bundle of habits. We stay in our in our models and our ruts often and sometimes those ruts are good because they're getting us results but what if it could be better and when you don't step back and look at your performance when things went well and your performance when it didn't go well then you don't know what you're missing out on and i guarantee it's a guarantee that when you step back and look at it and you you grab a hold of the things that you learned from it you're gonna grow it's it's guaranteed because it's the release work right you release and you learn from it. And then what do you get to do? You get to create from it. And then once you're, when you do that, then you're excited to act on it. Okay, well, then what happens? Growth. <laughs> it's just inevitable. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of this change process. Yeah. So again, what we're looking at here then is it's kind of, and here's a very sort of timely thing for you, I think, Carl, is it's kind of mending the, the roof when the sun's shining. It's not waiting until it rains before you mend the roof, isn't it? It's that kind of that old sort of tale that says, you know, when it's going well, that's the time when you need to start changing stuff because you know, with everything being a cycle, that the next thing, that next moment, isn't possibly going to be as good as now. So it's constant improvement, even in the good times. Because I can imagine some people, maybe a small number, listening to this thinking, this has been my best year yet. Mm, right. I'm completely on the right trajectory. I'm not going to even start to review things. I'm just going to continue to do it. So your point there was really pertinent when you said, yeah, but could it be even better? Because actually, again, it's another limiting belief, isn't it, that I am currently successful. Therefore, nothing could be better than what I've got right now. I am currently happy. Therefore, I couldn't be happier. How do you know? I yep. love that. That's really interesting. Yeah, again, do, do you find that people will challenge you with the, but I don't need your services, Carl, because, you know, everything's great. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that one, that one frustrates me because now I can't help everybody and I don't want to help everybody. Nobody can help everybody. I get it. But when I, I there's some messages I sent to people and they would say, uh, my life is perfect. Literally, they would say, my life is perfect on LinkedIn. They would say that. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> That's your perspective and your perspective is your reality. And that's fine. Good for you. And, and maybe their life is in a fantastic spot, but it could be in a better spot. And why don't, why not go for that? Right. That's, that's the thing. And I, and I think that's why that avatar is so important because you're, you're not projecting this little change five years from now or 10 years from now. When I look at mine 10 years from now, it's a massive change. You know, I'm better physically. I'm better emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and all in massive leaps that I have no clue how I'm going to do. And if we're thinking that we've got it wired right now, then we're not thinking big enough because this is the life we got. It's all we got. So we might as well think, and I'm not saying big, like a lot of money or a lot of vacations or a house or, you know, a million dollar car or whatever. 
I'm saying the best version of yourself. That that's what I'm talking about when I say avatar. We're not really talking much about the the environment. Uh, it's much more about the contribution, the influence in a positive way that we have, and that can help you regardless of where you are in in the level of success that you're experiencing. And that's that's exciting. Mm, it is exciting, and again, just it's it's almost intoxicating the way that you kind of describe it there is because I want some of that you know it kind of it's it's really sort of energizing isn't it and I think there was it just reminded me of um Sonia my wife was listening to a a podcast now I don't remember actually the name of the lady but she was an author and she just published her I think it was her third book um, and she was on this particular podcast. Um, it was it was a kind of well-being uh, podcast. Again, don't remember the, the specific of it. Um, but then as we were listening to it, and I was just, I was cooking dinner and sort of overhearing this. And it turns out this lady is 103 and she's oh, just wow. published her third book. And I was thinking, now that's cool. I like that. Here we go. But the really interesting thing was she was being challenged here because she has a 10-year plan. And it's like, but you didn't do your 10-year plan kind of like this year, did you? You said, every year I create a 10-year plan and I'm 103. She said, and I will never stop doing a 10-year plan. Why would I ever want to stop doing my 10-year plan? So that's almost like the avatar on steroids that you're yeah. talking about here, isn't it? It's, yeah. like it's just completely focused on there is a future. It's a really good future. And I want to be part of that future. And so it's a real kind of real North Star, isn't it? Even at 103, you're producing a plan that goes beyond an expected, you know, life expectancy. I mean, that's crazy, but so powerful. Yeah. Well, and the other side, I would imagine, I didn't hear what she had to say or how she spoke or anything, but I would imagine that's a very grateful woman. I imagine that she's a very joy-filled and grateful woman for the life that she's had. And I think when you do the reflection work and the projection work, so reflection is obviously past and projection is into the future. When you're looking at the past and when you look towards, you can be grateful, right? And the gratitude is a huge component of moving us forward. It's a fuel component, I would say, of, of how we can continue to move forward. And that's a wonderful example of how continuing to put an aim, put a, a focus out there on who you're going to be can move you forward and create. I, I mean, how inspiring is that? That you're 103 and you're going, well, this this year when I'm in, and when I'm 113, I'm going to have X Y Z happening in my life. Like that's amazing. <laughs> Mm, it was just it was incredible i mean it literally stopped me in my tracks yeah. um it was like hold on I, I need to move away from the the stove here and I, actually i'm not going to be cooking for a minute i'm just going to listen to this because wow this is my kind of lady you know it was, it was yeah it was just breathtaking really to think that you know so energized so positive so but it wasn't over positive it wasn't kind of done in a sort of deluded kind of like oh the world is perfect kind of way it was very grounded and it was very kind of based on well look to this point i have proven that this actually works so why would i stop now it's like for me it's like when people talk about retirement and well, i'm going to be retiring soon okay but do you have a plan for that do you have a i'm not talking financial plan i'm talking about a life plan do you have that avatar of you going through various stages of retirement because if you don't and i think we all know people who have not necessarily enjoyed a full retirement after professional life because 
they've kind of dwindled as human beings. And I think it, you know, to, so to me, I mean, I guess I'm asking you the question rhetorically here, Carl, but does this stuff apply if you're straight out of college all the way through to the 103 year old author? Is it, does it apply to every life stage? Yeah, I mean, you are, you are the perception, how do I put this? We create our reality, right? Every every day, you know, I'm looking outside this window when I'm working and I'm I'm seeing a shed, a bunch of trees, and then a little bit of my neighbor's yard. And how I view that yard is the perception that I have of it. I can look at the orange cones on the trailer and the and then there's a green trailer, there's a white trailer, and there's three cars. And that sounds bad maybe when you're listening to it. It might sound like some white trash neighborhood or something like that. It's not. They have a wonderful house. They just put in a nice driveway. They just happen to rip out a bunch of trees so I can see all that. Now I could be pissed off at my neighbor and be like, dude, now I have to look at your freaking trailers and your stupid cars. And I, I can see your house now instead of these beautiful trees. Or I could be like, well, now there's a lot less leaves falling on my lawn. And a lot of those trees were half dead. They could have, you know, destroyed some things on my property or his property. And he's a good dude anyway. So it's all my perception. And when we put out a perception of what our reality is going to be, one week from now, one phone call from now, that's a really good thing to do. And when we do it 10 years from now, obviously that's a really good thing we're going to do because we've told our brain, this is the way we want you to experience things. That the analogy is every, every second you have 2 million bits of information that your brain filters every second. And so if, if we imagine you picture 2 million toothpicks falling down, right? 2 million toothpicks, every second are falling around you. And every piece, every toothpick has a bit of information on it that you can decide to grab and actually be consciously aware of. And so you reach your arm in there and you pull your hand out and you've got 126 bits. That's all we get. We get 126 bits every second that we get to consciously be aware of. So now I look and on there, I see that, you know, my neighbor's a good guy. My lawn is green. The trees are beautiful. You know, it's a good, it's a nice temperature outside. I, I love the comfortability of my my room, my office, et cetera, et cetera. Or I could reach in and grab a different 126 and say, man, I'm kind of cold. I don't like this light in here. I, I wish ABC. And, and now my perception is going to change, which will change my reality. So consistently choosing like that lady has for 103 years or however many years she's been able to choose, choosing what you want to see in a positive way, in a, in a, pro a progressive, like a way that progresses you forward is obviously a way better choice. So no matter what age you are, to fully answer your question, no matter what age you are, it's a wonderful time to choose a perspective you want to have on your situation. Mm. I just want to kind of loop back in sort of almost full circle here back to um, sort of a comment you made, which was, you know, I don't necessarily work with everyone or not necessarily everyone's going to resonate kind of with me. What kind of so if somebody's listening to this and they think this Carl, he talks so much sense. I need to connect. I need to kind of understand whether or not there would be a an opportunity to kind of hear more or work with him. What kind of I mean, to say perfect client, I think probably is a little um, unfair on those who don't necessarily answer to the description. But is is there a kind of a client who, you know, typically would sort of match, you know, getting best value from you and Blue Shirt Coaching? Yeah, I really enjoy working with clients that are in a transition of some sort. So they are wanting to transition forward in their business and really grow it significantly. That's a lot of change 
right? And so there's a lot of baggage that people have in their life and in their business that they need to let go of to actually create that next level, that next step. And then there's people that are forced into a transition. Maybe they've moved, literally their environment has changed. Maybe they've changed jobs. Maybe they just started a new business. And so they're kind of forced into a transition. That's a wonderful thing too, because there's all the stuff that's in the background that is that is that baggage that they're carrying along that's limiting them to move forward and create that future that they want with the new transition, the new situation. So uh, business owners that are in that place where they're transitioning one way, shape or form are a great fit for me because there's a problem there that they're trying to solve. They're trying to grow their business. And they can't quite get it to where they want it or, or they're growing it, but they want to not have to work so freaking hard to grow it or whatever it is. But there's this problem that they're dealing with in the middle of that transition. And that's where I come in and we get rid of it. And and the way that I do it is we do it over two longer sessions, two longer three hour sessions where we do the work of the releasing and the creating. And then what happens is after those six hours, it's guaranteed you're going to have all that stuff, all the resistance, all the limitations, they'll be gone. In that particular area, they're going to be gone. And it's a guarantee. This is the experience that I've had personally, having it done on myself, the experience I've had with clients. And it's a beautiful thing to just knock it out of the park in six hours. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable, but it is that quick because there is a very specific process that I walk my clients through and it guarantees that they'll get that result. It's I modeled it after somebody that's been doing it for 30 plus years. And I've had 200 hours of training underneath him to learn how to do it the right way. And so I love doing it. It's so exciting to watch that change happen that quick. So that's that's mm -hmm. a great people that are interested in that kind of thing. They're a great fit for me. That's so powerful, isn't it? I mean, you just think always say say just six hours, but actually those six hours are probably the highest value six hours that person is going to take in the year, if not in a lifetime in some yep. ways, because you're going to be shifting that stuff that is weighing you down. As you were describing it, Carl, I was just thinking of you know, one of these deep sea divers who've got all the weights to kind of drag them down to, you know, the seabed. And this is kind of like just letting those weights go and then you're going to rise up yep. to the surface. And it is just shifting the weight, isn't it here? So the energy is lighter, the baggage or the tethers or the threads that are kind of holding you back are gone. That is the only way you're going to be able to do this because otherwise, again, coming full circle to the start of the conversation, you are just you're your worst enemy aren't you because you're just tethered by something that is not going to let you go so it's almost like you're forced to go through this if you want to change there's there's a process here that just is irresistible isn't it yes whether you want to go through the process or not you're going to it's just a factor of how fast you want to go through it if you want to go through it fast i'll walk you through the process if you want to go through it slow because you're not quite ready that's fine but you're going to go through it, period. <laughs> it's just going to happen. Some people might take two, three decades, though, to go through that change, right? We have stuff that we hold on to that's two, three decades old. Or you could take six hours and let go of it, which I know sounds a little bit wild, but the process works. And that's why it's so beautiful. And it's so fun to watch the change. Mm -hmm. And I can just I can just feel it. I can just feel the energy coming from you as you describe it. It's so, so powerful. So 
Yeah, anybody kind of listening and watching this, we'll put all the details for how you connect with Kyle uh, in the uh, the description um, of this particular uh, recording. Um, I just feel, and I just felt it when we decided we were going to have this conversation, Kyle, that, you know, the timing of this is just so perfect because people are in this mode right now. And so if, you know, anybody out there listening is thinking, Do you know, I might just give this a go, just connect with Kyle. You can have that conversation. Kyle will chat to you and you'll just kind of see if there's a fit there and if Kyle calendars work and you know if it just feels the right kind of fit then I know Carl will be uh, very very keen to support you so if you're looking to change at scale particularly then I think Carl is uh, your next port of call this has been so good Carl I mean it always is when I talk to you and it's just been such a pleasure again for our part two of this kind of little series but um any final tip for anybody who isn't necessarily going to say, yeah, okay, I'm ready for this now, working with you, Carl, but I just need a bit of a help over the line for this year. Any final kind of top tip of what to do to get through this, this well, the next 19 days, I guess, and get to the uh, get to the holidays? Yeah, I would say that change is something to embrace. Change is something that's really exciting. And might you might as well determine what you want it to be ahead of time. Right. So put put that goal out in the future, whatever you want it to be, put it out in the future and and really experience that. See it, feel it, hear it and create it, project it out into your future. And there's something extremely powerful about doing that. It's not hard. It can take you one minute to do that and leverage that every time. So before this call this morning at 530, 545 in the morning, I'm looking at my calendar and I'm like, okay, I know I have this podcast interview and I have a couple of a discover call and then I have a networking call. And on every one of those, I'm putting a goal out for the experience of the person that I'm talking to on it and also my experience. And there's something really powerful about being that intentional because I'm putting a perspective out there, right? My perception is my reality. So I'm putting this perception of what it's going to be like out there. And so that creates much more likely that outcome to happen. I perceive that this is going to be a great experience to do this podcast. My next call, I'm doing the same thing. I'm going to perceive it's going to be a great experience for the person that I'm interacting with. It's easy to do that. It took me less than two minutes to do that with all the things I'm doing today. So you might as well do it every day with every interaction, uh, especially with all the Zoom stuff that we do. It's easy to to have that two minute right before to prep and, and set it up to be a great experience. Mm, so conscious intention of good yep. outcomes and a great perception of every moment in your life. That's uh, Kyle's word of wisdom that you must take away and you must action this people. You'd really need to listen to this and start doing it because once you play with this stuff, you realize that, yeah, it was a friend that you didn't realize you had and it's there literally in the palm of your hand. Right. Two minutes with every interaction. I mean, I think that's the best advice of all because it is not complicated. It's simple, but it's just building that really good habit, isn't it? Yep, yep. Great stuff. Thank you again, Carl. I know you're really, really busy, so I need to let you get on to your next great encounter, which I'm sure is going to be yet another one. Um, so it's really, really good. But thank you so much for all your wisdom and time today. It's been really, really good. Thank you, Neil. I appreciate it.